Merry Christmas, everybody, or should I say Merry Non-Pagan Christmas. Uh, so for, for members only yesterday, I said that today we were going to be talking about uh, how Christmas, how I don't believe Christmas is pagan. And I also mentioned that I know that some of the other hosts on uh, Daily Renegade do believe that it's pagan. And I actually like that we have diversity of thought here because that's what it's about. We all still love each other. We don't fight. And I, as I mentioned in the members section uh, uh, yesterday, it's because we're here to serve you, not ourselves. Everybody, all the hosts here recognize that, and we recognize that we can differ on, on certain things. And so what we do is we just we tell our audience uh, our best arguments for the things that we believe in, and then it's up to you, the audience, to decide you know what you want to believe on any given topic. So these are all uh, good conversations that we can have, but the, the most important thing is that we're all unified under Christ. We're all Christians. Uh, so that, that's the most important thing. That's where the unity comes in. That's why um, you know Jesus says that he, he wants us all to be unified. It doesn't mean that we all have to agree on everything. That's never going to happen. Uh, but when we do disagree, how do we handle it? So uh, even, even to people at Daily Renegade who don't agree with me on this point, that is totally fine. And I welcome them to uh, you know, talk about it on their shows, and then it's up to them if they want to, because we don't censor anybody here. Uh, and people do not have to agree with me on everything uh, in, in order to have a show. And I actually appreciate when, um, when, when we come up to topics like this where we don't agree, and, and, but we can still talk about it through, through love and through you know, a, a common unifying belief in Jesus Christ as brothers and sisters. So uh, I love that. So we're going to talk today uh, on Peck Report about why I don't believe that uh, Christmas is pagan and that I think it's totally fine for Christians to uh, celebrate. And um, I'm also willing to say I could be wrong on that, but I'm going to tell you why, why I believe that is the correct view. I will also add, before we get to the, the very cool intro uh, that Peck Report now has, um, I will also add that uh, no one would ever say that you have to celebrate Christmas to be a Christian. Uh, my, my argument is that you can if you want. Um, you're not in sin if you don't. That's totally fine, too. Uh, and actually, um, if, if you feel convicted by, by God, uh, on Christmas, then you, then you shouldn't celebrate it, you know. And I would totally, I would totally be willing to say that. So, um, so we're going to get to all that and more on today's Peck Report. Love that new intro. Uh, absolutely love it. Our web developers uh, produced that just recently, and this is now the second time that it's been in a Peck Report, and uh, many more to come, I'm sure. Okay, so um, now on this topic, there's uh, there's already been a lot of research done into it to to show that Christmas actually is is not pagan in origin, and I, I'm I'm gonna defer. It, I, I mean, I could I could, and actually I was planning on doing this. Uh, anyway, I could write my own article with the same sources and, and do that, and I, I'll probably have to do that next year. I was going to do it this year, but um, we are in Memphis for treatment for my uh, six-year-old son's uh, leukemia. He has cancer, and um, so we're away from home. Uh, we're here in Memphis over the holidays, and it's frankly, I just, I don't have time. So uh, in this, in this Peck report, but I, this is a topic that I wanted to discuss, especially since it is Christmas. Uh, and for those who celebrate Merry Christmas, by the way. Um, uh, but I, I did want to talk about it at least. So I'm going to, I'm going to defer to uh, a couple experts that I highly respect and that I trust. Uh, and so we're going to do um, you know what? I was going to make a paid and non-paid version, but I think since it is Christmas, let's go ahead and we're going to make this entire episode free for everybody. So you're going to get a full free um, Peck report today since it's uh, Christmas. So uh, the, first, the first thing that I wanted to look at, and I'll put on screen share so you can see the source, um, this comes from uh, Derek Gilbert. You know him as the host of Skywatch TV. He's been on Peck Report many times. 
Uh, he's a very good friend of mine. I actually consider him family. Uh, we're very close. And uh, so this comes from uh, Derek. It's uh, DerekPGilbert.com. Um, and if you want the full URL, it's right there. Uh, the title of it is Merry Non-Pagan Christmas. And uh, he, he, wrote this, he wrote this last year, but all of the references uh, still apply today. So I wanted to, I wanted to go through this um, and, and go through some of this evidence on, on why uh, Christmas is not pagan. Now, uh, and I just want to reiterate, even though I don't believe that it is pagan, that, that doesn't mean that I believe that Christians are required to celebrate it. No, no one's required to celebrate uh, anything like that. Um, I just don't. I just don't think we as Christians should be arguing about it. Uh, we can talk about it openly, like we do here at Daily Renegade. Uh, like I said, there, there's there's hosts that we have that that don't celebrate Christmas, and uh, they believe that it's totally pagan. And that's 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 fine. They 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 post about it. I think that's great. They they should put uh, you know their their arguments forth for what they believe. And then because again, like I said, we are here to serve you. We're not here to serve ourselves. Um, so just because one of uh, one of my hosts disagrees with me, I think that's great as long as they handle it through an attitude of, of uh, love and respect and everybody here does exactly that. So I love the diversity of thought that you get here at Daily Renegade and that you really don't get anywhere else. Uh, what what other church, like what church do you go to that, that I think I've only been to one church in my life that promoted um, any kind of diversity in thought, but e even that it was still kind of, Restricted, but anyway, so let's get let's get to this. Um, Merry non-pagan Christmas, by uh, Derek Gilbert. So, it says uh, this time of year brings back memories of childhood and family, at least for those of us who were blessed to have parents who made Christmas a special time. As a parent myself, there was a special joy in creating similar Christmas memories for our daughter when she was young. As I grew in my walk with the Lord, however, our culture's annual celebration of uh, our, our, our culture's annual celebration of the holiday began to bother me. The rank commercialism is so out of character with what the birth of Christ means for the world that being part of it felt more wrong with each passing year. Now that I will agree with. I mean, um, I, I actually haven't heard of a, of a Christian that chooses to not celebrate Christmas purely because of the commercialism um, atta uh, com commercialism attached to it. Although I do think that that would be a more valid point than the, the pagan stuff. Um, but, uh, so, but, but again, let, let's, let's continue. But I will, you know, just like I said, I do agree with that. The commercialism is, is uh, not really in keeping with the, the Christmas uh, tradition by and large. Um, now it says, recently there's been a trend among Christians to take it further. It's not just the trees and decorations, it's the day itself that some object to. A belief has been growing that Christmas is based on pagan celebrations. December 25th was selected for Christmas, it's believed, because it was the date of the annual Saturnalia, a Roman festival for the winter solstice. It was celebrated with a sacrifice in Rome's Temple of Saturn. Uh, it was followed by a big party a public feast, private gift-giving, and temporary suspension of social rules with masters waiting on slaves, uh, gambling, and general drunkenness. It's probable that the church sometimes adopted days celebrated by pagan religions and Christianized them, which is not to say the pagan holy days were made Christian, just given a Christian veneer. For example, All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Day, which likely developed out of the Celtic Festival of the Dead, uh, Samhain. So the logic goes, it must also have happened with Christmas or the Christ Mass and Saturnalia. Or Christmas might have been an attempt to hijack the birthday cele celebration for Sol, uh, Sol Invictus, the unconquered sun god of Rome. Some take the rites back even further in time and claim that December 25th was celebrated in the ancient Near East as the birthday of the world's first emperor Nimrod. The belief is that Christmas originated as a celebration of the birth of Nimrod, king of Babylon, to his wife-slash-mother Semiramis. You see, she didn't like the idea of giving up the lifestyle of a queen just because Nimrod's uh, untimely and in, uh, incon inconsiderate death. And so she produced another child, either Nimrod's unborn son or through an affair, who she claimed was the resurrected Nimrod. Uh, she, all, uh, she declared Nimrod a god, a sun god by most accounts, thus making herself a goddess. The Yule log represents Nimrod, who's also sometimes identified as Baal, and the Christmas tree represents Nimrod resurrected as his son Tammuz. On top of all that, 
we're told that we also celebrate the birth of Christ in the wrong day. We can't know for sure, but clues in the Bible suggest a birthday in the spring or fall. There's an excellent analysis of prophetic clues in Revelation 12, 1 through 5. The passage is referring to the woman clothed with the sun by E.L. Martin in his book, The Star of Bethlehem, the star that astonished the world, pointing to the precise arra uh, arrangement of the skies over Jerusalem on September 11th, 3 B.C. Um, I'll do a quick pause there. Uh, I, am a, I am a September 11th, uh, 3 B.C. guy when it comes to the birth of Christ. Uh, I've interviewed Dr. Michael Heiser on this uh, before. You can actually... Um, Go to, uh, I believe it's youtube.com slash chalk talk underscore official, or you can just look up chalk talk, Josh Peck, Michael Heiser, uh, birth of Jesus. When was the birth of Jesus? Uh, and Mike, uh, Mike goes and lays it all out and, and very convincingly, uh, to me. And so now, now I, I am a believer that, uh, Jesus was likely born September 11th, 3 BC. Um, so, continuing on, some feel that the birth of the Messiah, if it's going to be celebrated at all, should at least be remembered on the correct day, or as correct as we can be anyway. So, what shall we say to them? Shouldn't we just chuck Christmas out with the uneaten Thanksgiving leftovers? Not necessarily. So here's questions that we need to ask. Is Christmas really based on the worship of pagan gods? When did the early church begin celebrating Christmas? And why did they settle on December 25th for the holiday? So the answer to the first question is a resounding no. So is Christmas really based on the worship of pagan gods? Uh, no, and here's, here's the evidence. Uh, first of all, the concept of Nimrod as a god is a non-starter. Um, so we can make this very clear. There's no evidence whatsoever from the ancient Near East that Nimrod was ever worshipped as a god in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and in fact, these the myths that grew up around the memory of Nimrod were probably based on a Babylonian god, most likely uh, the warrior god Ninurta, instead of the other way around. And furthermore, uh, Semiramis, the Assyrian queen uh, Samaramat, reigned between 811 and 808 BC, or from 809 to 7. 92 BC. She was one of the first women in history to rule an empire. However, to put Nimrod at the Tower of Babel, which was not at Babylon, but, and Derek Gilbert's got some really cool articles on that too. If you check out his website, uh, you, you can, you can look into that. Uh, and also his book, The Great Inception, which you can get at skywatchtvstore.com, talks about it. But we would, to, to, to put Nimrod there, you'd have, you'd have to go back about 2,300 years before Semiramis. So it's tough to have children when you're 2,300 years apart. Now, much of the information about Nimrod, Semiramis, and Tammuz comes from Alexander Hyslop's 1958 book, The Two Babylons. With all due respect, because he was no doubt sincere in his desire to warn the world about what he believed was the false religion of the Roman Catholic Church, Hyslop's scholarship was poor at best. So it looks like he took the names of literally dozens of ancient gods and goddesses and mixed them up into an ancient myth, uh, myth smoothie. Uh, Hyslop may have meant well, but he misled Christians for more than 150 years. Now, that's not to say Nimrod got a bum rap. There was a reason God came down to personally stop construction at Babel. Um, but in short, Nimrod was not a sun god. He wasn't Baal either. Uh, Baal would probably be insulted if you would say so. Uh, Nimrod was only human, uh, while, while Baal was a god of storms, rain, uh, vegetation. Um, he was worshipped for a time as one of the ancient Near East dying and rising gods, like Tammuz, uh, who was worshipped as a god in Sumer long before Semiramis came on the scene. Now, as such, Baal and Tammuz would have been mourned uh, in the fall and celebrated in the spring. Neither of those seasons matches December 25th. Okay, so we got that out of the way. Now, when did Christians begin to celebrate Christmas? The earliest record of its observance comes from Clement of Alexandria around 200 AD, uh, but the first suggestion that Christmas might be linked to pagan worship didn't come until the 12th century, about 900 years later. So you have a 900-year gap when it was first celebrated to when it was first um, attempted to be linked with, with pagan worship. So 900 years. Wouldn't you think somebody would have said something or somebody would have figured it out? Now, in other words, as far as historians can tell, none of the Christians from the 3rd through the 12th centuries seem to think that they were accidentally worshipping a pagan god. 
Uh, so the Donatist sect in North Africa celebrated Jesus' birth on December 25th in the early 4th century before Constantine became emperor of Rome, so we can't blame Constantine. And while it's true that the emperor uh, Aurelian made veneration of Sol Invictus, the law throughout the Roman Empire in 274 AD, a collection of ancient writings called Inscriptions Latinae Selectae puts the feast day during the reign of Licinius, which is 308 to 324 AD on the 18th of November. Now, there's limited evidence that a feast for Sol Invictus was held on December 25th before the middle of the 4th century. And remember, Christians were celebrating the birth of Christ on December 25th, about a half a century earlier than that. So in other words, we can, we, we can just as easily say that pagans moved the Feast of Sol Invictus to hijack a Christian tradition. That's what it seems like is, is more likely, uh, given the time discrepancies here. So given that nobody in the first century thought to write down the actual date of Jesus' birth, uh, how did the early church arrive at December 25th? It's a little complex, but it does illustrate the motives of the church fathers, which you might have guessed was not to sneak pagan worship into the faith. So it seems that uh, second century Latin Christians in Rome and North Africa wanted to determine the exact date of the Lord's death. For reasons that escape us, they settled on March 25th, 29 AD. And the reasons escape us because March 25th was not a Friday that year, nor was it Passover Eve, nor did Passover Eve fall on a Friday in 29 AD, or even in the month of March for that matter, but still, there we are. Now, there was a widespread belief in Judaism back then that the integral age of great Jewish prophets. So it was thought that prophets of Israel died on the same day that they were conceived. Um, now, it's not biblical exactly, but that, that's not really the point. Uh, the early church believed it, and that's what led to their conclusions. So when you add nine months to March 25th, you arrive at December 25th. So there you have it. It's not pagan influence. It's just a desire to know the dates that forever change the history of the world. Uh, now, are there unbiblical and even unchristian traditions in our culture that surround the Christmas holiday? Absolutely. And if they lead you to avoid Christmas, then by all means, you are correct to do so. And I, Josh Peck, absolutely agree with that. Uh, but if you're satisfied in your mind that Christmas is a time to reflect, remember, and give thanks to a loving God who willingly came to earth as one of us, ultimately to sacrifice himself for our sins, then by all means, celebrate the day without a trace of guilt. If, uh, if God judges us on accidental paganism, we're all doomed. And that's absolutely true. For example, he brings up a couple examples. There's many more, but the wedding ring is a tradition that started in ancient Egypt. The English names of the days of the week come from the name of uh, pagan gods, and we all use those. Um, and, and, and I mean, there's, there's plenty of other examples of things that come from paganism. What is paganism? Paganism is a word that the, Jew, that the ancient Jews used for just not Jewish. So that's the entire world. I mean, anything that has come from that that you use, that, well, you would have to apply the same logic and say that you're, you're accidentally falling into paganism. And I haven't heard a good argument on why that isn't the case. You know, why, why is Christmas not okay, but a wedding ring is? Uh, wouldn't it still be um, accidental paganism? Um, so uh, Derek concludes with this. The Apostle Paul put it best, uh, Romans 14, 5 and 6. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observe it uh, in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in the honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So be convinced in your own mind if you keep Christmas or if you do not, do it for the Lord. Uh, Merry Christmas and may God richly bless you and your family. And that's the point. Do it for the Lord. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the other part of the, 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 the pagan thing is that nobody is... Um, Nobody's doing this for, no, nobody celebrates Christmas today for Tammuz or for Nimrod. Most people don't know who he is, but everybody knows the name Jesus. Uh, everybody, even if they don't recognize or, or they, they don't recognize the authority in the name of Jesus, everyone on Christmas at least is reminded, oh, there's this guy, Jesus Christ, and he has some tie to, to Christmas. Who, who, is, who is Jesus? And, and it provides an opening uh, for us to be able to talk about Jesus. You take that away and what else do you have? I mean, what, what, what do you have? And people will say, yeah, but every day you should be doing that. Okay, that's true. Every day you should be going and talking about your faith. Then why are there so many atheists? Why, why has America as a country slid further and further and further away from Christ? So whatever we're doing, it's not working. 
uh, Christmas is the one day where where everybody knows that there is there is this person Jesus, and he's got some connection to uh, you know being thankful and and you know what is all this about? Um, it, it gives us a really good opportunity. One of the last few that we have year to year to year, it gives us uh, uh, nationwide an opportunity to talk about Jesus um, in, in a way that is non-intrusive, that you, you can't really get defensive as an atheist if somebody decides to ask you about Jesus on Christmas. You know, it's Christmas. Uh, so if you're an atheist and, you know, it's, it's Christmas and you got a Christian brother or a Christian nephew or something, and he, and he, and he says, uh, hey, you know what's really cool about Christmas? Do you, do you know what uh, the connection between Christmas and Jesus is? Let me tell you what Jesus did, and, and this is amazing. Um, and and th that's like the one day of the year that you can talk to your family about Christmas and not get all these uh, walls of defense going up from your, your, your atheist family members uh, and friends. So it's, it's a great opportunity. But aside from all that, there is something else that I wanted to bring up before we get to the second uh the, the the second expert in in this field and this might take me a minute to find because i actually forgot about it till just now uh and he, here i am um in the middle of recording and i am woefully unprepared uh but um and also the internet here is terrible i i don't i i, I think i've mentioned it before um, but the I, I mentioned it yesterday. I don't remember if I did in this in this one. But uh, the the internet here is quite atrocious. I I put up a, a post a while ago. Yeah, nothing nothing's even loading. Uh, maybe I can find it on my phone while I talk. I'll try that. Because uh, actually, one of these other stories, one of these other articles that we're gonna look at today, I have to do it from my phone. The internet here is so bad that it won't like, like just nothing will load. And um, because I, I, I am away from home. Uh, we are here in Memphis, Tennessee um, for our son who has leukemia. Uh, we have to be here. Um, we, we have to be here for his treatments. We have to be here through the holidays, unfortunately. And um, so we don't know when we're going to get to go back home. Um, we're... Here we go. Uh, yeah, okay, I found, I found the post I was looking for. But um, we don't know when we're going to get to go back home sometime in 2020. And it, it's it's very expensive. Uh, actually, there's a donate page if you want to help, uh, dailyrenegade.com slash donate. You can find that link in the, in the description below. Uh, but I wanted to read this. I was hoping to put it on the screen. Um, let, me, let me see if there's a way that I can get this up on the screen so you can, so you can see what I'm, what I'm looking at. Uh, but again, the, the internet is so shoddy here. Um, yeah, we might be able to do this. Let me, let me, is there a way to view this? Oh man. All right. Sorry, sorry guys. I, I, I know this is, this is just awful. All right. Well, okay. We can do this here. I, I got it up on Facebook. Um, and we, we could go through, I wanted, I wanted to talk about this because there's a common argument that's made. Uh, that I think is um, <coughs> not a good one, and, and I, actually I think it does more to divide Christians than than not. So I wanted to go through this example that's commonly given about Christmas and how um, b basically the argument is, you know, well if you we'll, we'll go through it, we'll go through it. Uh, I want to talk about that and then, and then one more thing before we wrap up. But uh, this is my Facebook page, um, but. I apologize for this really small text here. I was seeing if there's a way, there's a way to enlarge this. Um, there probably is, and I just don't know how to do it right now. But but I'll I'll read it to you anyway. So if, if it's too small to read, that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll I'll read it to you. But uh, I wrote this I wrote this uh, about a month ago, and it addresses one of these analogies that's used on why we should not celebrate Christmas. And I I just think it's a bad analogy, and um, and I'll explain why. But around this time of year, each year, we hear the same analogy used to explain the supposed evils of Christmas. It basically goes, if you... Oh, and by the way, real quick, I do want to make mention, you are getting a full pack report. Usually, about this time, I would have cut it and I would have said, okay, you know, we're going to go to members-only content. So, you know, go be a member at dailyrenegade.com, which you should do. Uh, 
Um, but you're getting the full episode. So what you're seeing today is not just a preview. You're actually getting a full episode. So you'll get a sense of how much more content you actually get uh, with a membership of only $10 a month or $100 a year. So consider going to dailyrenegade.com and getting a membership. Um, anyway, but it says... Um, you know, around this time of year, we hear the same analogy used to explain the supposed evils of Christmas. It basically goes, if you married a divorced woman and she kept celebrating your birthday on the date of her ex-husband's birthday, that would be horrible. Um, so, you know, if you've never heard this analogy, it, it, it's it's making an appeal about how we're we're to be the bride of Christ, you know. And uh, if we're if we're in a sense married to Jesus, shouldn't we? not celebrate his, why would we celebrate his birthday on the wrong day? Not only the wrong day, but the day that the world celebrates it, which, which was our, our former, our, our former husband, you, you know, our, our ex-husband is, is the world, is mystery, ba is Babylon, you know? Um, why would we celebrate that date? Uh, so that's how the analogy goes, but there are several problems with this. Uh, and, and, and actually, I think this analogy really, it puts Jesus in a bad light. Um, it puts Jesus as sort of this tyrannical, uh, petty kind of place that I don't think you you want Jesus to be in. Um, and and I know that's kind of a bold statement, so we're going to go through, and I'll I'll tell you why. Um, but that's that's basically how the analogy goes. Uh, the comparison that this analogy tries to make, again, it's because we Christians are the bride of Christ. We shouldn't celebrate Christmas on December 25th because that wasn't Jesus' birthday. They also throw in that Christmas is pagan, so we especially shouldn't be celebrating it, um, which is a claim that has been debunked, which if you want more info, you can check out my pre previous repost of an article by Derek Gilbert and a podcast by Mike Heiser. So we just looked at the Derek Gilbert one. We're going to look at something from Mike Heiser uh, after this. Um, now, before we continue, I want to say that the one thing we can all agree on is that you are not commanded to celebrate Christmas. So we already talked about that. You don't have to do it. And people who celebrate Christmas respect your decision if you choose not to. Um, we don't have a problem with you talking about your decision to not celebrate uh, either. Uh, at the same time, speaking for myself here, um, hang on, I'm going to turn the brightness up on my screen because I'm having a hard time reading this. Uh, at the same time, speaking for myself, when pleasant and productive discourse turns to harassment, immature insults, and baseless claims, such as saying, you don't really love God if you celebrate Christmas. And look, I know not everybody who doesn't celebrate talks like that, but some do. Um, when it gets to that, that's a problem. Because we as Christians are, are not to be treating one another that way. And this year, because frankly I'm pretty tired of it, I will be permanently blocking without reply anyone who tries to take a conversation with me to that insidious place. Now, that's not to say that if somebody disagrees with me, I'm going to block them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're, if you're the type of person that's going to take it to a place of, well, you don't really love God or you don't know your Bible then. Uh, if you're going to take it to that place, that, that just shows such immaturity. It shows that actually you don't care about the argument at all. It shows that you care more about you feeling correct, you feeling right. You, you, you care more about your own sense of self-worth than you care about the argument itself, in which case I have nothing to say to you because there's, there's nothing to talk about because I don't care about your sense of self-worth. I don't care about my own sense of self-worth either, uh, by the way. I don't think that we should be focused on that as Christians um, at all. Uh, so if you're making those types of arguments, then there's nothing left to say, and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to block you, and we won't talk, because uh, what, what do we have to talk about? Uh, we have totally different sets of values at that point. It, it's, it's two different conversations. Um, so, but that's not to say, now, if somebody just disagrees, that's fine. Like I said, we, we have hosts on, on Daily Renegade that disagree, and they, they do believe that we as Christians should not be celebrating Christmas, and that's fine. Um, I, I'll talk to those people gladly because they don't bring it to an ugly place. You know, they love me, I love them, and we can just have a good conversation, and it's fine. Because um, again, they're 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 more concerned with the the argument itself. They're they're more concerned about how best to serve you rather than serve themselves. The people that make the arguments, you don't really love God or you don't know your Bible. Those are people that want to serve themselves. I have no I have no interest in um, uh, wasting any of my time with people like that. So, you know, I, so I go on to say in the, in the uh, post that I wrote that, you know, th that, that type of attitude, it's petty, it's unchristian, and I don't want to be tempted into sin by following anyone down that ugly path that we've seen uh, online too far, 
far too often. So this goes for any issue, not just Christmas. We're not, we, we aren't commanded to all agree with one another on everything, but we need to love each other as Christian brothers and sisters and represent Christ to the best of our ability every day. Excuse me, if you're not willing to do that, I'm not going to allow you to take me down with you. So back to the original point, the analogy of the divorced wife. This analogy fails in several ways, as I will explain. I would assume in the analogy that the husband, uh, and, and, you know, for the analogy to work, you know, the husband is Jesus in this analogy, right? Um, so the analogy of the husband. So you would assume in the analogy that the husband has explicitly told his new wife when his birthday is. What husband would, would not tell his wife when his birthday is if he cares about it or wants her to celebrate it in, in the correct way or not celebrate it at all? Why wouldn't he just tell her that? However, for us, the date of Jesus' birth was only recently able to be rediscovered through astronomical software that has advanced technological calendar and dating capabilities. Uh, but even with all that, there, there's, there's still some disagreement on the actual date. Why? Because the Bible does not expressly tell us exactly the exact date. And like I said before, personally, I'm in the September 11th, 3 BC camp, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the, the, the Bible doesn't expressly tell us it is on this day in this month of this year that Jesus Christ was born. Um, it doesn't tell us. You, know, you, you can piece things together and you can get evidence towards one way or towards another way, uh, but that's why there's disagreement on it, because it doesn't tell us. Now, um, the analogy would work better if the husband decided to not tell his wife uh, his birthday. Now, sure, there might be some evidence uh, laying around that if the wife is very smart and has a lot of time on her hands to, to research it, uh, she might be able to uh, piece this stuff together and give her strong evidence toward an exact date. But this just leads the woman to wonder if he really cared about the exact date, why didn't he just simply tell me? Would the husband be justified in being angry if she celebrates it on the wrong day while leaving uh, while, while he is leaving her in ignorance? Or would it make more sense that if the husband recognized the inherent ignorance of his wife uh, and appreciated the effort because the exact day is far less important to him? You know, maybe, maybe he didn't tell the wife. If he didn't tell the wife, maybe he didn't tell the wife because the exact date doesn't matter that much to him. You know, he, he cares more about the effort, you know. Now, the analogy also presupposes that the husband and the wife are on equal footing in terms of knowledge and intelligence, but this doesn't work either. So for the analogy to work, the wife would have to have basically severe mental limitations, like a medical disability, uh, when compared to the husband. I mean, after all, this is the God of the universe compared to human beings that we're describing here. So for the analogy to work, the, the husband and the wife cannot be on equal footing in terms of intelligence and, and um, power and all of that stuff. The, the, the wife would have to be like severely like mentally disabled. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that jokingly or as an insult. Just think about us in compared to God. If that's the analogy, if the analogy is a husband and wife, we're to be, we're, we're to be the bride of Christ. If that's, if that's the analogy that we're drawing from here and we're trying to use it today when we're not made perfect, because remember, the, the, the bride of Christ, that, that's when we're made perfect, right? Um, if, if, if we're going to draw bring that analogy down to our terms today and use this husband and wife thing, the, the wife would have to be, I mean, really like have serious mental problems. The wife doesn't have access to as much information as the husband does. So if that's the case, the husband has a severely... Uh, mentally and probably physically, they would have to be physically disabled too, even though the physical disabilities don't factor in as much with uh, this argument, but that would have to be the case. So if the husband has a severely mentally and physically challenged wife, would the husband be justified in being angry with this ignorant, mentally challenged wife for not celebrating his birthday on a day that he didn't even directly give her? All right, now, uh, the analogy also doesn't take into account the state of the former marriage of the wife. So if we were married to Babylon or the world before coming to Christ, that was a marriage full of lies and abuse. So for the analogy to work, this wife would have had to have been previously married to the most evil, abusive, 
sadistic psychopath that you can imagine who, by the way, was constantly trying to kill her and make her hate herself. And, and, and this, this, this former husband, this ex-husband, would have been doing this to a severely mentally challenged, physically challenged uh, uh, woman. So would the new husband care so much if this ignorant, mentally challenged, and formerly abused woman gets a date wrong? See how this is starting to crumble? But let's also say that the new husband was the one who rescued the woman from her previous uh, abusive marriage. In fact, this battle between the new husband and the, the, the former husband, this battle was so severe that the new husband literally died to protect this woman, but was able to be resuscitated by paramedics later. So this fight, in fact, was fought before the woman even agreed to marry the new husband. But he loved her so much, he fought for her anyway, e e even though uh, the woman may not have actually agreed to marry this, this man in the first place. Now, thankfully, the woman accepts the man's proposal, and the previous abusive husband is out of the picture. The new husband uh, knew uh, this woman would come with some baggage, obviously, some, uh, uh, some imperfections, quite a bit of them. Uh, probably, th this, is, this is like basically the worst scenario you can think of in terms of uh, bringing baggage into a relationship. But he loves her anyway, and given everything she's been through, he's willing to take her as she is and spend as much time as it takes to help her heal and improve. The exact correct date for a birthday is the last thing on his mind. Let's take it a bit further. Let's now say the, the wife has an older sister who is constantly nagging her, pointing out all of her mistakes and using her imperfections as evidence that she doesn't really love her new husband. She mocks her for getting her own husband's birthday wrong. She says things like, if you really loved him, you wouldn't be celebrating uh, his, his birthday like this. In fact, this wife's sister says she is dishonoring her own husband and, and making him incredibly angry. The wife's confused because her husband hasn't told her personally that he's angry. There's, there's no indication in their relationship that there's a problem. But she begins to doubt the amazing marriage that they've had so far. This is her older sister, after all. Uh, could she be right? Is her husband angry with her? Is she really as worthless as her previous husband told her she was? Who is she to believe? Now let's say that, and, and you know, in this analogy, the older sister, in case, you're, in case you don't get it, the older sister are those, are those Christians that are, that are bashing the other Christians uh, and, and being in, just insanely insensitive and rude and loveless um, about the, the, the Christmas thing, saying you're, you're not really a Christian if you don't, if you celebrate Christmas, you, you don't love God. You don't, you never really accepted Jesus. If you don't celebrate Christmas, you're dishonoring Jesus, you know, all of this stuff. That's the older sister in this analogy, but continuing on, um, who is she to believe? Uh, let's say the husband found out what his wife's sister was doing. Would he be angry with his wife or with her sister? Why would the sister try and destroy everything the husband has given up so much for? literally his own life, just for the sake of one specific date. Who do you think the husband will create distance with in that scenario? The wife or the wife's sister? Now, the wife-husband analogy has a lot of problems uh, for this specific issue, but allow me to, to offer one that might work better. Let's say you are a single father who has a lot of love to offer. So you have decided to adopt children who come from broken and abusive homes. Every so often, you invite another child into your growing family. Let's say your most recent addition decides to set aside a day to remember and celebrate all of the sacrifices you had to make in order to bring him into the home. He's a child, so he comes up with some kind of silly ways to celebrate, and he doesn't get every single fact exactly correct, but it's still all for you. He's a child trying to show his love and appreciation for you the best way he can. Some of your other children decide they want to celebrate with this new addition as well. A second group of your children decide not to celebrate on this day, and that's okay. They have their own days and celebrations for you because they too are trying to show their love and appreciation uh, for you the best way they can. But a third group, however, start getting angry at the first group. They begin mocking and insulting and fighting over this celebration. They start telling the first group of children that they don't really love you because they aren't following the established family traditions exactly perfectly. 
some of this animosity even begins to be directed at the second group for not joining in on the fighting. So the children are heartbroken. They, they're instantly reminded that they are adopted and they begin to wonder if they were ever a real part of the family to begin with. So you see your heartbroken children uh, who you sacrifice so much to bring into your home being treated like this by your other children who you also sacrifice so much to bring them into the home who are acting as if, uh, as if they forgot how much you sacrificed. And as their father, who do you decide is to blame and what do you do about it? Now, there might be a few fathers who would punish the first group of children for not following the family traditions. Perhaps a few would punish the second group for standing by and allowing the first group to continue their celebration. Perhaps even more fathers would punish the third group for causing strife in the family. But you're not any of these fathers. You're a good father. You're better than the rest. You gather all of your children up. You give them all a big hug. You tell them you love them all more than anything in the world. You, then, with a reassuring smile on your face, you turn and point to a sign that's hanging on the wall titled Family Rules. You remind all your children that there are only two rules, and if they can remember these two things, all the rest will follow, and there, there can be permanent peace in the family, which is what you wanted all along. Number one, love your father. Number two, love each other. And remember, you can't do rule number one without doing rule number two. So this season, let's go out of our way to bless our father, because it's not all about us. It's about Jesus. Let's go out of our way to bless our father by giving him what he really wants. Let's remember the two family rules Jesus explained to us. Regardless if you celebrate Christmas or not, let us remember how much our father sacrificed to bring us all into this family, even if we happen to disagree on some things. Let's not make this season, or really any season for that matter, about ourselves and our differences. Let's make this season about our father and how much he loves us. And let's reflect that love towards one another. Let's, let's remember what we have in common here. It's Jesus. It's about him. It's not about us. It's about Jesus and what he wants. Uh, and so, you know, and so I ended the post with just, I love you all, take care, and God bless. Um, but that, that's, that analogy, I think, works a lot better for a lot of different reasons. For one thing, the bride language is usually used uh, when, we became, when we become perfect, um, you know, when we're renewed, when we're back in Edenic uh, conditions, and we're certainly not there yet. We're, we're more akin to children, uh, and we're referred to as, as children as well. Um, so I think that analogy works a lot better, and it, it really makes a lot more sense. And, and keep in mind, in that, in that analogy, the father doesn't even expressly punish that third group, uh, but he reminds everybody, look, these are the rules. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. You know, this, this father isn't forcing these kids to stay. The kids can leave. Um, but if you're going to be here, th this, is, this is what I expect. You've got to love me. You've got to love each other. And you can't love me if you don't love each other. Uh, so we've got we to gotta, we remember that. You don't have to be here. You, you are free to leave. But if you, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be in this family, you've you, you got to follow those two rules. I mean, you just have to. Um, if, if, if you don't, if you don't have love in you, you're not, you're, you're not of the father. Uh, so we need to keep that in mind. Um, and to the vast majority of Christians out there who don't want to fight about this, um, but who might fall on one end or another, don't allow the people who do want to fight. Don't the third group, uh, don't allow them any of your time because it, it, it's just not worth it. Uh, don't allow them any of your time. Don't, don't, don't waste uh we're not to cast our pearls before swine you know don't don't waste the resources that you have on people who are never going to listen to you they are not in it because they want to learn they're in it because they want to be self-serving they want to serve themselves they they're doing it because they still have a hole in their hearts that should be filled by jesus but it's not and they're filling that by proving to themselves that they're worth something, and they do that by bringing you down. So don't let them do that. Uh, starve them out. That's the only way that they're going to truly come to Christ. Starve them out. Don't give them the attention that they're looking for. And eventually they will starve so much that they will have no choice but to come to Christ uh, to, to, to feed, that, feed that need for uh, self-worth. Because that's the thing. 
I don't, I don't focus on self-worth, but I know that uh, I, 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 as a Christian, know that I, I have worth because Jesus died for me. He died for you too. So that's where we find our sense of worth. We don't find it in ourselves. We don't find it by busting other people down. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's what little kids do. You know, that, that's what evil people do. Um, that, so that's what either very uninformed people or very intelligent evil people uh, do. We're, we're, we're not of either of those groups, or we're not supposed to be. Uh, so we have to remember that. There is one last thing uh, before we go. Now, I did try to bring this up on um, the computer, but again, I'm having a lot of internet problems and wasn't able to do it. So I, I got to read it from my phone, but I will try to read fast. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll call it good. Beforehand, I do want to remind you to go to dailyrenegade.com and get a subscription. Buy, buy yourself one for Christmas. Buy your family member one for Christmas. Um, get, get a membership. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year. You get full pack reports. You get full. Uh, we have like a dozen shows here. And what you see on YouTube of all these, they're just a preview. Uh, the full shows, you get a lot more content, you get a lot more, uh, a lot more perks, you get a lot more things with the membership. You also get access to our articles um, that, that we write. And we, we made these exclusive to members, members only. So when you get a membership, uh, you're all, not only are you subscribing to all these videos, uh, but you're, you're also essentially, in a way, subscribing to an online magazine because you get access to articles you can't find online. Uh, look, Netflix doesn't want your business. They want to put out videos of, of gay Jesus and, uh, in, in order to uh, make you as a Christian angry and, and, and provoke you into, into backlash and into outrage. They don't want your business. Um, they, I, I would go as far as to say Netflix hates you and they hate me. Uh, and by the way, so does YouTube, so does, so does all these social media platforms. That's why we created our own. So ditch the flicks. Get rid of Netflix. Don't give them your money. Instead, bring your business over here where we actually love you. We appreciate you. We want, we want you uh, as, as a member of Daily Renegade. Uh, we also have some uh, merchandise here, uh, which you can find if you go to dailyrenegade.com. You scroll to the bottom. Uh, you'll find the store here. Uh, or you can just go to dailyrenegadestore.com. And uh, we have some shirts, Nephilim Hunter, you know, there's no such thing as Christian Yoga, the Daily Renegade mug, we have uh, Research, the Great Seal, um, we got lots of cool stuff, and we have more designs coming, uh, but th these make great gifts as well, uh, so if, if you're a little late to the holidays and you need to get somebody something fast, you can, uh, you can go here. Uh, but yeah, it, also I want to mention real quick the donate page, all our donations right now are going to Nathan for his cancer treatment because it's incredibly expensive and um, while his treatment when we're in Memphis his treatment is covered um, nothing else is so you know travel lodging uh, treatments back home like all that stuff um, anything anything beyond that uh, is not covered and we've already basically depleted our savings uh, and we're, we're only a few months into a years long battle this is going to go on for at least three years the way it is, but it could be longer. Um, so we're asking for help. Uh, you know, this Christmas, if you're watching, excuse me, please consider donating. You can go to dailyrenegade.com slash donate. There is a GoFundMe there, but uh, if you don't want to do that, there's a PayPal. There's also a physical P.O. box if you'd rather send a check or money order. That works great, too. Uh, and so there are several ways that you can donate. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Nathan greatly appreciates it. Uh, he's, he's, he's a tough kid. He's, he's fighting this, and he's doing real well um, with it. So uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. We appreciate all your prayers, uh, you know, support, encouragement, all that stuff is great. So thank you so much. Um, now, uh, like I said before, um, the, the, the next article, the last article I wanted to go through this Christmas uh, was written by Dr. Michael Heiser, and I wanted to... I wanted to put it up on the computer, but um, it wouldn't load. Uh, and I think I, I don't think that is a problem with uh, Dr. Heiser's website. I think it's just the internet here is the worst I've ever seen. So I had to turn Wi-Fi off on my phone, which you know doing that is expensive because it costs money to do that. But I turned Wi-Fi off, and then I was able to access the website just fine. So, <coughs> excuse me. So. I just wanted to quickly read this. Unfortunately, you won't be able to 
that's the title. I'm going to try to... <laughs> Terrible. Christians, Christmas, and such. Yeah, you, you won't be able to see it on the screen, so um, I, I might not even read the whole thing because of that. Because um, I do want people to go to his website, and I want people to check out the... Uh, you know, ch ch check out the actual article. Um, but he he wrote this a couple of years ago, but again, it's still relevant today, all the points that he makes. Uh, and there is um, uh, an episode of the Naked Bible Podcast that you can look up. Just go to nakedbiblepodcast.com and in the search bar type Christmas and you'll find it. But uh, So he writes that the latest episode of Naked Bible Podcast just uploaded. The topic is on whether Christians should consider Christmas a pagan holiday. I hope you'll give it a listen. I broke down the topic into two areas, the traditional date of Christmas and what people do to celebrate Christmas. I thought I'd write a few thoughts uh, today on Christmas in light of that episode. As far as the first goes, I blogged about it a short time ago, um, and we actually did talk a lot about that, so I'm not going to read this whole thing, uh, but you can, you, can find, you can find that if you want to know where to get where we get the September 11th, 3 BC date. Um, you can look up the interview that I did with him on Chalk Talk, uh, on YouTube, just Chalk Talk, Heiser, Peck, uh, Donna, Christmas, or something. You'll be able to you'll be able to find it pretty easily. Um, and, and the title of the episode is like the, the real day. You know, what, was Jesus really born on December twenty fifth or something like that? Um, so now at t he says, at times I get questions about holidays that Christians observe or not. Usually concerning things like observing the Sabbath or holidays like Christmas or Easter uh, or preferring the festival holiday calendar of Israel over traditional Christian observances. In my view, neither choice is wrong. These are conscious issues. Uh, unfortunately, they are taken out of the realm of the personal, one's own conscience and its relationship to one's own walk with the Lord and used for the basis of creating the impression that someone else's spiritual walk is of lesser holiness. Permissions to eat XYZ or not observe XYZ day are not permissions to denigrate another believer whose conscience is weak or who is really blessed by observing a day or abstaining from a food. These permissions are not tools for defining spirituality or comparing ourselves with the other believers, but that's often what they turn into. Um, now, uh, and there, there's a lot more here. Um, Consequently, if you'd rather observe the Jewish feast days rather than the Christian calendar, please do so and enjoy them. And see, that's that's the thing is that you, you're not you're not going to find a Christian, or you would be very hard pressed to find a Christian that says you are in sin if you don't celebrate Christmas, or you are in sin if you celebrate the the Jewish festival days or whatever. Like, no no Christian is going to say that. They're, they're basically, like people who celebrate Christmas, they're going to say, yeah, you know, if you want to do it, do it. You, and celebrate it. Don't celebrate it. The main contention that we have is uh, when people turn it into like an, an, like an issue that says that the person celebrating Christ Christmas must not really be a Christian or that their faith is like shaken in some way or, you know, maybe there's something suspicious going on here. Um, and so th there, you know, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of that. And I, I encourage, because, because we've been going a long time and I want you guys to be able to get back to your Christmas, um, I, I'll just say... And because I can't bring it up on the screen, I'll say go go to uh, drmsh.com and look up the article. You can read it for yourselves. But it's uh, it, it, it's it's a lot of what we already talked about with some with some additional information too. That's really helpful uh, and really beneficial. And if it, I, whatever side of this argument that you're on, I would suggest uh, looking at this evidence. And it, it's either going to help your position. Um, or it's going to at least give you some new things to think about. So, all right, everybody, we're going to call it good there. Thank you so much, uh, and I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Love you all. Until next time, take care. God bless.